0: for men and the women who love them. For dads raising daughters and the men they want them to attract. For the moms raising sons that need help making them into quality men. Welcome to our table.
1: We're doing it again. Stripped Raw. And this is David. Let's just go around the room. Who do we got here today? Cam. Matt. Josh. Brandon. Pretty big crew. Quite a few guys. It's going to be awesome. Today's topic we're going to talk about peace. or Protecting peace. Protecting peace.
2: What does it mean protecting your
1: energy? Well first I think it'll be good if you actually identify what's your definition of peace.
2: So my definition of protecting peace is anything in my sanctuary that I give energy to.
1: Makes sense. So what is peace? What is your definition of peace, though? Let's start there.
2: My definition of peace is like, leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) Most of the time. Most of the time. But I think protecting my peace and the meaning to me is really just what I give, again, energy to allow negative emotions to come in or not. Um, that's really my definition of protecting peace. But I know everybody's is different. It is. Everybody talks about it. You see it everywhere. So I thought it was a good topic to bring up because I'm sure we all have different viewpoints on it.
1: Absolutely. Here's an interesting one. Sideball. Schwa, what's your definition of peace? Uh,
3: I say... A lack of chaos in my life, mm. maybe a, uh, a peaceful place to come home to, mm. you know. Um, just honestly, just like a lack of chaos, a loss, lack of stress, those things, things that don't, just not worrying about. Drama. Things. Drama, yeah. yeah. Drama.
1: Brandon, what's your definition of peace?
0: Uh, there's different levels, mm. and they come at different times. A lot of it's situational and how you handle it. Some you can give peace to yourself just by your attitude and sometimes you can't always control it but you try to get it back as quick as you can.
4: Camp? Peace to me is like the the good times. You know, I say you don't know you're in the good times until they're gone and you look back and you go, like, oh, those are the good times. To me, that's peace. It's like certain things don't dictate that. It's an overarching feeling of um just where everything was going right Mm. and maybe you don't realize it in the moment you're really lucky if you do but um i don't know yeah and overall yeah and overall everything's going right nothing's bothering me you know um not worried about anything
1: okay here's my take on peace for the longest time... So, when I used to see peace, I would think of, like, hippies with their two fingers up, right? Oh, yeah. That's what I thought of. Um, so, a lot of you guys have known me for a very long time. I would say, even before the divorce, I didn't even care about peace. To me, I felt like this warrior, if you will. I didn't care if anything was to come in because I thought I could fix and control everything. You knew me. We, we talked about it the other day, and you said... uh You knew me when my ego was really big.
2: Yeah, you were like Captain Chaos. You didn't give a shit about anything.
1: Correct. So peace, like, I don't don't care about peace because no matter what, I'm going to make everything right because I thought everything was within my control. It wasn't until coming through all of this stuff now, like sitting back and it's like, I just want to be able to breathe for a minute because I thought that I could beat everything until I got defeated. And I got defeated in a bad way. So when I was actually humbled by life, and I was able to just sit there and just get beat on and beat on and beat on, and then one day when you get to the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, obviously, I don't have control over everything. And that's when I first tasted peace. And now peace to me, the definition of it is pretty much it aligns with all, what all you guys are saying. Uh, it's, this, it's this safe, happy place where it's like I can just breathe. I know I don't have control over everything, but I can finally just breathe.
2: But do you have control most of the time, right? Because you can control what,
1: whatever's within you, what you're
2: absorbing, what you're correct. taking in, what you're allowing to come in.
1: Correct. Understanding the battles that I can win and the ones that I can't win. Right. I can control the thermostat in my house. I can control uh, the candles or the patchouli burning or. Those are the things I can control, but I can't control if the mailman comes late, right? There are so many things out of my control. Traffic. We live out here in the, uh, the DMV traffic. It's out of my control. I used to get, like, really upset when somebody would cut me off in traffic. Now it's just like, whatever, it's out of my control, right? It's not worth my peace. All right, here's the next question. Who's entitled to your peace?
2: I think first it's for me. Like... I'm the one that kind of controls that flow so I, if everything is good and I'm not saying control the situation but what I allow to come in those are the things that I look at the most mm. um, and obviously I would share that with my family first and foremost or whoever I'm with but it's a I look at it Peace is more so like with energy because I only have so much energy in a day to give to whatever is in front of me mm-hmm. and what I allow to take in because you start taking in that negativity or you get pissed off because somebody cut you off. That decreases your energy and allows toxicity to come in and it messes with your peace.
1: So you, what I heard was family. Yep, family first. Okay, Shual, who's allowed access to your piece? Um,
3: Brandon said earlier there's different levels. I say there's different levels to who's allowed to interrupt that. Mm. Um, number one, my wife, and then uh, I put the family at number two, and th- and then friends, you know, uh, all you guys. Um, but anyone else, it's just it's not worth my time. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm from the same, like for me, my circle got very small. Uh, I used to think it was quantity over quality, like anybody could access my piece because I don't care. What are you going to do? I'm going to be able to to win this day no matter what. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to succeed until I didn't succeed. So now, moving forward, it's who has access to my piece. Uh, significant other, my house, right? Whoever's This is the way I look at it. Whoever I allow into my house
2: in your sanctuary,
1: it's my sanctuary. It's my synagogue. That's where all the energy is. I worked very hard for those walls. We went through pain together and now it's, if there's any negativity, I will not allow you past my threshold. You will stay at the door, even some neighbors. And I mean, I'm friendly, so there are levels, but yeah, I'll meet you on the front porch. But you are not to, and I threw that word in there. Like who's entitled to it? Cause to me, they're entitled. My kid is entitled to my peace. I'm not going to just allow it. He is entitled to it. My loved ones are the ones at my table. All of you guys, you're entitled to my peace. What it's allowed me to do is really shed my ego. So I know that Matt or Brandon, you guys, if I was to come to you with a question, you're going to give me the filthy truth. Not something to just appease me, but you're going to give me the no kidding truth. And it may disturb my peace, but I know it's for my better good. I can't do life by myself. I don't think any. You can do it by yourself, but is it going to be that wholesome, overall best life?
2: Yeah. Brandon, what about you?
1: Well,
0: is the question who is entitled to share with your
1: peace or who is entitled to interrupt your peace? Who's entitled to interrupt your peace? Because you can share peace. You can share peace. I think everybody is capable of just love, but. Who is going to rattle your cage? Who's allowed to do that?
0: Oh yeah, it's uh, it's that circle that you have. Anybody inside your circle that has helped you, it's reciprocal. You know, if you can mess with their piece, not in a bad way, but in a needed way.
1: Okay, I like that. That In a needed way. Yeah.
0: So you tit for tat, so to speak.
1: Mm. You know.
0: I would say there's for me. Uh, I've been blessed enough to have many friends and stuff, so many people are allowed to contact me anytime, And hopefully I can share my peace with them that will give them peace.
1: Okay. So those are the people that are entitled to it. Cam, who's entitled to your peace? This right. will be interesting. <laughs> Why do you say that? I think it will be interesting.
4: Um, so I live a, a very emotionally selfish life. To me, my mental and physical well-being, um, I don't want to say trumps anybody else, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, I'm I'm me. Um, to me, I'm the most important person of that. I'm very young. I don't have kids. Um, I have a lot less experience, but who's entitled to my peace? Not a damn person.
1: Whatever. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, <laughs>
4: I'll, you know, I'll give it. I'll share it, and I share it a lot. But to be entitled to it is... No, I, I don't have anybody who can just take it, you know. It's a it's an earned thing
1: to me. Okay. Do you think there's anybody in life who has earned it or has the capacity to earn it?
4: Yeah, plenty of people. Same Boom. people, my relationships, family, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But entitlement is a is a different thing. It's like I can't help them from taking my peace, and mm-hmm. I just don't see that. Because I have been faced with that at the end of the day, and I have to tell um, close family, my brothers, my mom, my girlfriend. It's like... You know, hey, I got to I gotta step down for a second and just, I can't do this for you right now. I'll be back in a couple minutes, but, yeah. you know.
2: I mean, for me, I decompress. I try to, whether it's on a ride home or, like, jokingly, I said last podcast, like, I'll go to the bathroom and just do nothing for 20 minutes and <laughs> kind of just sit there and, you know kind of decompressed so i don't take any negative energy to my wife or my kids or whatever that requires my attention or needs my attention mm-hmm. but it's the same thing like you're saying because you could come home pissed off and then somebody's trying to talk to you or engage with you and all you're doing is just passing negative energy instead of kind of resetting yourself yeah
4: right? yeah I haven't found myself in too many positions where I'm so drained that I can't provide for other people. Mm -hmm. And it's something that actually my girlfriend gets on me quite a bit about because it's not in a bad way, but because I'll give myself to my family over anything. You know, what I just said is an extreme, but I'll do anything for them. Um, But if it comes to the point where, you know, I feel like I'm being overdone or my piece is at at stake, then it's a hard cut. Like I, I just can't do it for you and I'll be better when I come back, but I'm going to have to come back.
1: So you'd still have to reserve some peace and energy for yourself. Always. Okay. So I'm going to do this again. He actually sent me a message two days ago, Fred. He said, "Uh Oh, <laughs> don't ever use my name. Don't ever, don't ever talk on my behalf, Dave, but I want to do it again. Him and I, we've, we've had a lot of really like deep conversations about this type of stuff. And I'm on the lines with him where I think that you can take me down to zero and there's still, like, another level to myself, if you will. So it's like even if I feel like there's nothing left within me, I'm going to give all. You've been there. Yeah. Well, I, I think some people are built in different ways. And there's not anything – I'm not saying, like, uh, you're wrong and I'm right, but we're all built differently. Mm-hmm. But if we can understand that have the honest conversation. Like, for me, it's like you can take me down to zero because that's what I'm, I'm built for. Bring me down to zero and I'll still give you the shirt off my back.
0: Yeah, but if you go down to zero, you know you can get yourself back up. Some people can't go down to zero and find themselves back up.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, for the longest time, I used to like question the guys around me because I would say, how is this guy, he's able just to walk away so easily? And I can't. Why can't I do that? And it's because we're built differently. Some guys have the ability to, like, walk out of work, put their briefcase down, and not think about work the rest of the weekend. And I haven't been blessed with that. I'm getting better at it now, but that's just the way that I'm built. And it's having that honest conversation with myself.
2: And sometimes you got to learn how to detach yourself from certain situations and kind of
1: take a step back. Yeah. Well, even now, if somebody was to come to me, that's the beautiful thing about all of this, though. And Cobra does it very well where if somebody was to come to him with a situation about a relationship or raising your kid, he'll just say, stop, man. Let's just get down to it, and this is it. It is like this is it. I'm not negotiating these conversations with you. You came to me looking for my expertise or my wisdom. Boom, here it is. Can you, can you stomach that or not? And then eventually what it is, if that person, they can't handle that feedback, they just won't come to him anymore. But at least he, in a way, he's putting a boundary like, I will help you. But it's kind of on my terms now.
2: Kind of cut the BS out. Let's get to the root of the problem.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's one thing, uh, the the people that have raised my kids since he was six months old, uh, Jimmy and Goody. I went to Jimmy one time with a situation that happened, and I'll never forget it. But Jimmy says, damn it, man, I don't have time for this stuff. And I think that's like one of my mottos now. It's like I just don't have time for it. So just cut to it, say what you need to say, and let's just try to live life. But as far as protecting your peace, how do you protect it? I how
2: don't give in to certain situations, especially negative situations. I won't engage in it because I think that just wears me down. So you don't
1: even entertain it? I, I don't. Mm-hmm.
2: I I focus on what's right in front of me, Um, and that's all the energy or peace that I have is right what's in front of me. I can't worry about what happened six years ago on a Tuesday or what's going to happen six months from now, Mm. because then I'm just giving away and opening up that space or that vulnerability for that negative energy to come in. I just don't do it. And maybe that's selfish. But it's
4: the only way that I can deal day to day. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that, and that's something I had to learn through uh, certain relationships. That was like, I I'll give up the wins that don't matter. You know, if you want to sit here and argue whether that grass is Kentucky blue or green, it, you know, we can sit here and argue, and I think I'm right, but. At the end of the day, I really don't care. So Yeah, that was one of the biggest
1: that. learning things that I saw in you in the last, I would say, year with mm-hmm. you and, like, your brothers.
4: Yes. The biggest. And it's created the best relationship from it because now, like, they're less combative because they know I'm not going to come back at them, And I've talked to them about it, like, hey, I'm just not going to entertain the stuff that doesn't matter. So if you can bring it to me, but you're going to have to deal with it because I'm just not going to have it. And... Um, it's also separating like good fun like you know brothers argue about dumb stuff who's the best superhero type of stuff who's the best drummer of all time (laughs) but uh, kind of that's why I said boundaries at the beginning of that kind of drawing that line and that boundary of hey I'm I'm not going to entertain this dumb shit Um, you know if it's serious I can discuss but if it gets out of hand I just won't participate
2: and I think age brings wisdom because it's not because I'm older. It's because I've been through all this shit before. So I, like Brandon, talks about you know keeping that circle small, and that's what I really concentrate on. Everybody else is just acquaintance to me. I'll mm-hmm. treat everybody the same, but it's who I allow in. Yeah, that makes a difference.
1: That's why we named that thing on the uh, the website. This is the table, and these are the people that this is who you break bread with. It's not very often you like just bring in some stranger or what. you know, this is you know. Backyard barbecue where you're eating out of lawn chairs. I mean, the table. Who do you break bread with? Who do you want to grow old like eating with, discussing life with, having honest conversations with? Speaking of which, though, who is the greatest superhero? Just real quick, Superman. Superman. I right, say, say Superman.
2: Hulk. Hulk. Why? Because he just
0: destroys <laughs> <Four>. everything. Right.
4: <Brandon? laughs> oh boy. Iron Man. Oh. I like Iron Man, but that just can't be in the conversation. He doesn't have
3: a superpower, though. Yeah, Yeah, there's no superpower involved. What's what's the
0: superpower? Maybe then (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: One of the strongest. (laughs) Schwa, how do you protect your piece?
3: I'd say I don't think I actively protect my piece because I think it is something in me, at least, that is inside. It's, it's It's not something that anyone can permanently mess with. So as soon as I'm removed from a certain situation that's you know, causing me to lose my peace, as soon as I'm removed from that, I'm, I'm back at peace. Okay, let
1: me put you in a scenario where you can't remove yourself. We work out here, a bunch of guys, a lot of them can be complete dumbasses, okay? And you have to work in the office with them. So you're around this person so they're within 10 feet of you. His name rhymes with Cam. How do you protect your peace? <laughs>
3: I don't, maybe, man, I don't want to say disassociate, but just kind of, I don't know if it would, after a certain amount of time, I don't think it would bother me anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I, because I can still, uh, what is, uh, man, what is that one quote? I don't know who it is, but it goes something like, uh, they can imprison my body, but they can't imprison my mind. Something Mm -hmm. like that. I don't know exactly how it goes, but, you know, I'm like... I'm good, I think.
1: Yeah. You can be in the same space, but they're not inside your head. Yeah.
4: That's what I see with you two, especially Dave and Josh, though. You guys are like...
1: Dumbasses? or (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
4: You guys are garbage disposals. (laughs) Like, you can just grind whatever up, take it, dispose of it, and move on about your day. Where I know I'm... I get affected you guys know exactly what I get affected a lot by the dumbest stuff and I completely understand it compartmentalize it everything but it still affects me at the end of the day and I try my best to get rid of it but I just can't grind it up it just gets caught in the bottom you know I
1: think in a weird way we find humor
3: that's uh, I was literally about to say maybe Mm -hmm. like laughing about things would be
1: one of the ways yeah humor and I don't I honestly don't think there's ever been I find the things that drive me crazy and then I find a way to spin it in order to process it to make it, like, kind of a, a good thing. Because it's like, I know I have to deal with this crap. That's where that evil little
4: laugh comes from.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, how do you protect your peace? You stop answering phone calls in the middle of the night, turn off your text messages?
0: Yeah, and I'm still learning <laughs> as I go, even though the wisdom does come with age, and I'm older than most of you. But... uh All of us. All of us. (laughs) us. Sure. It's not many times I get to say it. Yeah. But, uh, no, for me, uh, it's still learning uh, almost daily. Because your piece is going to get messed with, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly. But uh, how do you deal with it? And if you can deal with it fast, then you're good. But if it takes you a little bit longer, uh, for me, if it is messed with, you know, at the end of the day, Think about how I could have handled things differently. So the next time it arises, you know, you're not so quick to lose your peace.
1: you got to
3: constantly learn and evolve within yourself. I'd say probably how to get back to that baseline as fast as possible.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's easier than other times. And sometimes it will, well, like in Cam's case, <laughs> or and sometimes me, uh, it'll stick with you for a day, two, you know. And then that's when the wor- work really comes in. Like, okay, why why is this really bothering me? Then you just got to start figuring it out inside your head. Is it bothering anybody else? Yeah, especially with personal conflict. And is it bothering that other person? Probably not. You know? But it's still bothering you. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is that?
1: That's uh, That's an awesome point. So, sometimes on uh, my writing account, I'll write something. It'll be somebody who's been following me for over a year, and the comment or a DM will come through, and it'll be pretty harsh. Like, I can't believe that you would say something like this. And my question is this is obviously, you can take things, especially words, on a screen or in a book. You could read it in your own way, but why is it triggering you? Why is this thing affecting your piece? So in a way, it's instead of throwing flail, Brandon's favorite word, at the source, can you have a conversation with yourself? Why is this affecting my piece?
2: Yeah, and if you don't like it,
1: swipe up, swipe left, whatever. Absolutely. But I mean, if, if you could have that learning moment, it's like it's any conversation, and that's a huge learning thing that I had with you guys. If we were to talk about something, and it triggers me in an emotional way before, you know, some people, when they get triggered in a, in a relationship through a conversation or a fight or an argument, they run out the door. They go get in the car and they take off. You get the silent treatment. All of these childish things, right? But if somebody was, if you were to say something to me right now and it triggered me, I could say, like, why is this triggering me? Why is it affecting my peace? I also
2: try to look at, in those situations, from their point of view. Like, why are they saying this or why are they telling me this? Mm -hmm. Because maybe at the end of the day, you're the one that's fucked up and they're trying to tell you and it's a manner that you don't like. Mm -hmm. So I try to learn how to think from their perspective. And if it's verbal, I may ask questions about it because if it really bothers me, there's probably a reason why it bothers me and i think it helps me trying to look at their viewpoint not just from my viewpoint mm.
4: it's funny this is coming up um a couple of years ago i went through a rough spot one of my closest friends told me something that i still use today just some random little stuff it's exactly what you guys are talking about and he said dude anytime you run into anything just play the, the little kid's stupid why game with yourself over the dumbest stuff you know oh i'm mad why are you mad because of this reason why does this reason make you mad and then you just keep asking why and progressing. And you learn so much about yourself. I actually just pass it on to another one of my friends. And its um, I still use it almost every day, just having like the thought in your head while you're driving alone and just have conversations with yourself. So, Matt, you said
3: uh, try to look at things through someone else's perspective. Yes. Now, is that for everybody? Or is that because I know you de- you deal with a lot of people on a daily basis. That's a lot of perspectives to have to come after things at.
2: It is, but it doesn't happen very often. Okay. So I understand what you're saying because I deal with a lot of people every day across this whole campus. But the interactions, there's not always a lot of negative feedback. I always try to be positive when I talk to people. Um, But in those situations, that's kind of how I try to figure things out in my head. Or if I get heated about something, I'll detach myself from the situation and kind of look around and think like, what am I missing? So for me, that's what works. But again, it doesn't happen luckily very often.
1: A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't detach from that moment and just breathe for a second because emotional maturity is out the window. Something triggers them. How this hurts inside, and they want to go in defense mode and fight or throw something back. Right? It's a it's a fight. I know I was that way. Uh, it's taken me a long time
2: to get to this point. So for it's sure. not just some. It's taking, I don't know, years of being in this position and position similar to get to this point. Yeah. It's like a emotional intelligence. It's like a soft skill. Yeah. And unfortunately. We suck at teaching these things to our folks.
1: Yes. Yeah, emotional intelligence. To me, if every person, if they would teach it in just grade school, if you can understand your emotional maturity and your ego, it's crazy at how much negativity you'll take out of your life. It'll be insane.
2: And how you're viewed. Mm -hmm. There's been situations in my past, like I'll jump on a desk and, tell you you're fucked up or you're wrong or whatever the case is and it's cost me some relationships it's cost me how people view me so I've had to learn that hard lesson um, and it's a little bit different when people rely on you yeah. like your family your friends rely on you for certain things and you're acting th- that way you may lose them, too. Yeah.
1: All right, let's switch gears a little bit. So we've talked Did about... Did
2: you just, like, imaginary sh- yep, shift gears? Shift okay. gears.
1: I work with my hands, and I'm really right. good at it. Just. <clears throat> That's why you pay me so good. So, you've learned how to protect your peace when it comes to your environment, your table, your people, your family. Now let's go to the outside world. We'll batter up straight with though. You know how to protect your peace for yourself. You're walking down the street, wife hand in hand. It's a beautiful, crisp fall afternoon. And on the walking path in front of you, some other guy slaps a female. Open-handed, disrupting, I would say, the environment's peace. So now what do you do? What's your situation? What are you doing? Number one,
3: I mean, you have to do something. Um, And hopefully that's not a physical altercation, but something needs to be said that even if it's just um, taking that woman out of that situation, just getting her away from there, um, you have to do something. You can't just walk right by. It's, yeah.
0: Brandon?
2: (laughs) He's smiling, so. Well,
0: man, that's a quick emotional response. You know, there's not a lot of thought that goes in after that. Uh, and for me, anyway, and that's one of the problems. I think you have to kind of think about that before you react. But in that situation, I probably wouldn't. It wouldn't mess with my peace to do something, it would mess with my peace if I just walked away and did nothing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think every person has got a like, I look at myself, I've got dad, brother, um man and then but of course inside of us is that primal side and that's you know I'm trying to think of this for myself when I when I was first processing my ego a long time ago I thought I had to throw it away and you shouldn't throw away your ego Uh, you should be able to put your ego in a cage lock them up inside of you and let it out whenever you let it out so if I'm walking down the street and that thing happens I used to be brash and I would just go quick straight for the throat but now it's like I see this happen and like Schwab said it's like hopefully it's not a physical altercation so that's an emotionally intelligent person use the, your words right <laughs> yeah
3: the reason I said that though isn't because it's I want to avoid that it would be messing with things at home if I if I were to intervene in a you know physically because uh, in a world with no laws you know things would be a lot different.
1: Mm-hmm. Matt?
2: So I agree with Brandon. Like, in what you're saying as well, in the fact of there's that primal inside of you that we try to lock in a cage, but certain instincts bring that out Agree. naturally.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And... If I didn't intervene or say something or do something, I would spend hours beating myself up as to why I didn't intervene, especially in a physical altercation such as that. But I know people that have done that. And then the women turns around and defends the man that just slapped her in the face. Yes, Right. So, you know, I, but for myself, I would have to do something.
1: Yeah, So I bring this stuff up because, I mean, that's something visually, and we were always taught, you know, don't do anything uh, or do something in that situation, right? You have to act. You're not supposed to hit a woman, those types of things. The reason that I ask, and do you guys remember? We had a conversation a while back. It's like if you see a woman or female getting felt up in a bar and thrown on a bar and somebody was attempting to uh to have their way with them what do you do one of the responses is it's none of my business right like a guy actually said it well it's none of my business and i was like that's the first time i've ever heard somebody say it's none of my business so i leave it alone
2: but we all know somebody that ran into that situation who you guys still work for that took care of a situation and certain people held that against him yes because of it correct which is bullshit anyway, but for sure, it, it does happen the other side. Like, that's not the expectation. Like, this is what I did. I stopped it, removed those people out of there, mm-hmm.
1: and he still got shit for it. He did. So I think what it does is it leads some other guys who are like, it's not worth my peace to intervene in a situation on a social global level. And I'm afraid that that's where a lot of you know. This is why we came up with uh, with stripped raw. This is why the stats come out on the website. This is why you know the you matter box was such a push. It's because, I mean, we can't fix everything. We can't fix everything. No, but we can still say something. We can still lobby for it. I think the way that the world is going, the way that society is going, is it's saying when that's happening, that situation, that bar, and that girl is getting felt up, and some guys got to press her up against the wall. People today are starting to say, like, that's not worth my piece because, well, you don't know what she did or, you know what I mean? So it's like they wipe their hands now. We've got guys that are, it's not worth my piece. So speaking of that, in a
2: different outlook from a civilian or global uh, reach, we did everything to build up to that launch on Veterans Day because we're all veterans. Mm-hmm. Then we run into pushing this information out on social media for the good of trying to help a situation that continuously arises with suicides and people dealing with depression, mental health issues. And then we get like hit this brick wall on social media to where the algorithms pick this stuff up and we couldn't even share the shit. Mm. Like, To me, it's the same thing in essence of what we're dealing with because we're trying to do the right things. Yeah. And we got our asses kicked a little bit more so than I thought. And it definitely affected my peace and energy that day because I was pissed. Mm -hmm. Because I was so excited for the team because all the hard work, everybody that's poured into this. And then we get fucked with algorithms Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I guess some people don't see it as exciting but if they were to see the overall like the entire mission that's what something we are going to start doing I was talking to Dr. J it's like putting the mission statement out there this isn't just about suicide this isn't just about uh, the amount of rapes that are going up sexual harassment locker room talk that still happens in 2023 all this crap right it's not just about these little things. It's about creating a better world overall, socially. Every situation, to try to stomp out like like race this stupid stuff, racism. It's twenty twenty three. Boys out there thinking they could still just throw their hand up in a skirt whenever they want to. They don't respect. There's there's all of these things. So it's the mission overall, and it's like, how do you staple that to the wall so everybody can see? Hey, man, this mission will better influence everything that's it it's pretty simple
2: yeah I mean then you sit back kind of collect your thoughts figure try to figure things out and still hammer it still get after it
1: still get after it that's what we're doing right now on yet another Friday when I should be at home with my kid I'm hanging out with you dorks
2: I think he's talking to you Josh no (laughs)
1: <laughs> Josh, said, no,
2: he's not. Mis- Josh be home playing anymore. his guitar right now, drinking a Modelo, relaxing.
1: But yeah, on a on a on a bigger situational level, I think that men need to really start challenging the things that affect the world's peace. Does that make sense? That's why I brought up uh, if Schwaff, a guy was in front of you out on the sidewalk in public and he slaps this female. It's not just slapping female. It's like all of these little things happening in the outside world. When I was at the playground the other day and some kid walks up and he throws uh, mulch in my kid's face and I said, hey, man, you're not doing that anymore. I'm no longer... I used to think, like, this isn't my kid, I shouldn't be able to. Like, no, I'm saying, like, hey, you're not doing that anymore. If the parents come over to have a conversation, we'll have a conversation. It's like I'm not backing down anymore. i start speaking out.
2: Or you let G know... It's okay to yeah, smash that kid okay. in the face, and that's tough too. Because then that brings in all kinds of other issues. Because you're teaching your children how to protect themselves, correct? In a world that creates people to have to allow these kids to continuously bully them, mm-hmm. whether it's on a playground, whether it's through some anonymous account. I mean, this is the stuff that goes on, even. In high school,
1: oh man, I couldn't imagine being in high school right yeah. now. Well, I mean, look—if at if you saw the, you guys have seen the stats. Even in high school, like nine and ten-year-olds, it was like a three percent increase. Like three out of a hundred kids say that they think about you're nine years old. You know, the phones—it's really creating some chaos. Hmm. It's a tough one. Hmm. It is. And how do you get after that? I don't think you can get over the entire thing. But like for me, I can have just honest conversations with my kid, not sweeping on the rug, not be on my phone all the time, not stick him in front of a TV and play video games.
2: Or here's an iPad, entertain yourself while yep. I go do sit on my phone and mm-hmm. scroll through TikTok and Snapchat yep. or whatever. Yep. But that's the world that we're living in.
1: It is. And hopefully we'll be able to make a dent in it do something good with this that's what strip raw is for
2: but I think people need to start recognizing some of the things and taking a taking accountability and seeing what's around them in their environment mm-hmm. and how their kid is interacting because I'm going to try to get my kid on here who graduated high school went through a lot of tough times and it was a lot of things that I wasn't tracking and I was the MVP. You know, if there was a trophy for a dad, I probably had it. But these uncontrollables out there in the world that these kids are allowed to do, it, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. And it's obviously affecting their peace. 100%. But they don't even know. And that's a thing. Like I, didn't even, like I said before earlier, you know, I didn't even know what peace was. I didn't care. I was some strong-headed male. Thinking a
2: bunch of hippies at a Grateful Dead concert. That's all I think. In a VW bus.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I grew up in a time, even from eighteen, where my entire world was war, or I thought it was war. I was constantly in combat, and that may have been one of the reasons I went to the military, because like war and combat from my childhood traumas and the things that I never processed, the things I never understood. And peace, there is no peace in life. I've never tasted peace. Or at least I didn't think I did, but I was just self-inducing pain on myself. And I know how to protect it. Sounds like you guys kind of do, too, to an extent. To
2: an extent. Yeah. And it's the controllable Mm -hmm. versus the uncontrollable. Yeah. Cam, you've been quiet. You're the youngest. Like, you're probably listening to all this, absorbing it. That's what I'm doing. But from your aspect, your viewpoint, where do you see these things with you know guys your age and what's going on
4: I think there's a big movement right now at least with like I have a couple of friends who have recently just kind of blown up on understanding the whole um they kind of just making the best of themselves there's a lot of people especially my age that are just kind of coasting the amount of people who look at me or like my parents friends and they're like you know you're killing it you're all these things and I'm like it's you know I'm doing what I feel like you guys were doing I'm not doing extraordinary shit I'm just trying to do the best I can for myself but the competition right now is weak you know Um, I do think there's a movement of people who are understanding and learning and I don't know where that gap came of like um I don't know where that gap came of. We're going to stop trying to understand ourselves. Cuz that's how I I had to I was talking on the way into work today about how I had to teach myself how to be less extroverted and know how to spend time with myself because it was a it was a bad trait. Um but that's just not it's not something I was ever taught. It was like, "Hey, you have to learn yourself and understand yourself fully. You may think you do, but you don't." Um So I think within myself and the people who I'm surrounding myself with, um, my age, there's a change in that we're kind of all doing it. We're all realizing um, that something needs to change because shit's not working out. Do you think you got it from working around these guys here? Oh, I did a a million percent, yeah. Um, I was talking to my, my other friend today, or not today, the other day, because we were talking about how success happens, and from the outside, like, some of my other friends looking at me, they just see, like, I joined the military and did pretty well for myself. But they don't know, you know, I, uh, I mentored my dad's hard work and my mom coming from nothing, and then I saw my buddy join this unit and said, well, racing didn't work out. He's doing really well for himself. He mentored me and inspired me to do so many things. As soon as I got in here, it's you guys, and I've still just... You know, I've never done anything by myself, which I think is how it always happens. Um, I've always been inspired or, you know, followed a path and you choose your paths. But um, yeah, as far as like progressing myself is one of those things where I was thrown into it by Dave. And just from him asking me questions, it was never a, an official thing. It was just sitting in the office doing what we're doing right now is why we started this. Like, oh, let's set a mic in between us because he was just challenging me all the time. And I'd never been challenged like that mentally. And I didn't have a lot of answers. So I was like, shit, I really have to <laughs> take a look at this. Right. But I don't think a lot of people, especially my age, have people asking them, them que- those questions. Until I started asking my friends those questions, and then they stagger, and they're oh, shit, I really don't know what's going on either.
2: And I think, too, looking back in what we're seeing, like in college sports and uh, even high school athletics, you know, the trophy generation that, you know, I'm guilty of being associated with that generation, but we did everything so you wouldn't feel or fall off the merry-go-round or... Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't experience failure even though your team came in last we still gave you a trophy and treated you the same as the team that whipped your ass and I think that has an effect on kids and how they process information and how they view the world like somebody owes them
4: something yeah and And you've had to work hard to get to where you are I was very fortunate that i didn't play a lot of team sports and I remember I played soccer for like two games and my they tried giving me a participation trophy uh just for being there and my my dad took it and threw it in the trash (laughs) all right I like your dad already never met him yeah I was upset but at the end of the day I grew up racing and and if I if I didn't perform or I didn't earn then I didn't I didn't reap the benefits so not knowing at the time obviously like most kids um what that did for me but Created this, not only like a hunger to to do as good as I could, but or as well as I could, but more of like um, an understanding of okay, I'm not reaping this reward because I just didn't I didn't do good. There's enough. no drive. Yeah, yep. You'd be amazed that I'm sure you guys have seen it. You'd be amazed the amount of like toddlers, older toddlers I run into who just don't understand the concept of the word no, or. If they do hear it, it's a shit show. It's a meltdown.
2: Right, because it's easier to pacify. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, I've been guilty of it in the past. Dave, I'm sure at times with your son, it's like, all right, bro, you
1: got it. You're wearing me down. Oh, yeah. That's the – well, I know you came from that situation too, the single parent. I mean, yeah. that's a lot. It is yeah. a lot. Yeah, especially if you're as invested as I know you are. And I know with, like, with Miho, I mean, I am invested in that dude nonstop, you know. It's not the uh, – I'm not doing the fast food meals or – I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just – I don't believe in that stuff. You
2: don't get your kid a happy meal?
1: Every now and then we will. Crushed Why me. are you pointing at oh Brandon? Because Brandon probably nuggets. brings Coca-Cola
2: over <laughs> and
1: McDonald's fries. and. No, but even, like, now, he, you know – this kid will say like I don't want to eat McDonald's because it's unhealthy I want stuff that's gonna make me strong so it's like we have to work for it we don't cook things in a microwave we cook it together at a stove if you will right and a lot of that is big picture for me keeping my peace knowing that I'm bestowing this stuff on him and I know that in the it's tough but in the long run of things it's a it's a win It'll protect my peace knowing that he has these values, these understandings. He knows these things, the things that I didn't know. They
2: make smarter decisions. Absolutely. I I still remember, and I don't know why I just thought about this, but I want to say Kyle was seventh grade and he did a project on pizza. And I showed him, like, what ingredients are in like frozen pizzas versus fresh ingredients? Yeah. And he did this whole school project, and like the teacher was like, "What is wrong with this mm-hmm. kid? Like, That's where awesome. did you get this information from?" But it was eye opening to to him. Yep. And they still eat trash. Not gonna yeah. uh, candy coat it, but he's also taking protein and trying to do the right things right. and. My wife tries to always have healthier options in the house, but it blew people away that here's this, you know, kid in seventh grade doing a report on pizza and, like, negating everything that these kids look forward to on a Friday. Absolutely. Mm.
1: That's awesome. All right, so we're 50 minutes in. Protecting your peace. That was the episode. I'm very proud of every one of you all you guys, and everybody listening, because obviously you're trying to learn and grow, but uh, how to protect your peace and keep those things that are out of your control out of your head. And that's what you need to do. And for a lot of people out there, sometimes protecting your peace, and this is something that I'm going to lobby for, you can go with it or not, but sometimes outside in the world, people outside of your table, the people that you think are only, you know, the people that are entitled to your peace, if you will, But you may see something happening out there. You may see somebody in a bad way. You may see something bad. Say something. Let everybody know that they matter. You see them. Sometimes you have to intervene. And people can argue with me right now saying, well, it's none of your business. It is my business. I think it's every one of our businesses because we should be leading this life, not just walking around, not doing anything aimlessly. There's kids to raise out here. Let's let's raise a better generation.
2: And the people that are violating your peace constantly... Sometimes you got to cut them off. got to cut them off. And that, that includes family, your best friend from high school. If, yep. if all they're bringing in is negative energy and you're absorbing it, you're not protecting your peace. So don't be afraid to
1: cut them off. That's right. All right, everybody. We hope you have an awesome day. Thank you.